G'day everyone, I'm Brett Morrison and welcome to the Leadership Sensei radio show. Welcome back, this is a small business podcast where we look at the many facets of what it means to run, own and lead a small business, but also what it means to be a leader, not only of your business and your corporation, but also a leader of yourself and being the example for those that are with you in your life and also on your team. Thanks for joining us, welcome aboard and I hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, hello everyone, Brett Morrison here and welcome back to my podcast, The Leadership Sensei Radio. And look, a couple of weeks ago, we went through things about why it's important to get a good night's sleep. And at the time, if you remember back to that episode, you'd remember that there's my wife and I having a discussion around the um, six pillars of, or the six doctors of, of good health. And so this week, all I thought I might do is just change it up a little bit and bring you another episode of that so again it's from the radio show that we normally do over thursday night so if you do want to tune into that you can actually tune in uh, via the tuning app or you can go to apollo uh, bay radio which is 3abr.org and there's a live stream button but there's also a podcast now on podbean so you can actually tune into the wellness couch on podbean and listen to some of those episodes as well but this week i want to talk about the importance of water and i think we might even towards the end of it get to how to get what what's really important to get some good clean fresh air now no we take a lot of that for granted you know we go outside we go for a walk but if you're living in the city or you're living in the suburbs quite often air quality can be a real a real issue and if you're drinking water out of the tap while it's clean while it's healthy uh well while it's clean and it's sanitized there's still a lot of chemicals that they put in that to cleanse it and so make sure there's no um, bacteria in that for most people and so these chemicals are going into our body so what does it mean to us as humans for vitality if we can get away from doing that and you know i guess there's always a trend these days too for people to be drinking bottled water but even then you've got plastics leaching into your water as well and a lot of that is just glorified tap water in addition to the fact that you've got these plastics going into it so sit back enjoy it and let us know what you think at the other end Welcome to Apollo Bay Radio, you're listening to 87.6 FM, and welcome to The Wellness Couch with Katerina and Brett Morrison, we're your hosts for the next hour, and we talk about all things to do with your health and well-being. So, over the last, over the next few weeks, we've decided that we want to take you through some practical things that you can do to improve your health and vitality, and we're going to be talking about the six doctors of good health, which are sleep, nutrition, or food, just plain good old sunshine, some movement or exercise, water and air. So they sound like pretty simple things, but many of us don't do them very well at all. In fact, we probably ignore a good chunk of them and we don't do them the best way that we possibly can. So last week we covered off on all things to do with sleep. And one of the reasons for that is it's arguably the first place to start if we want to improve our vitality and regain some of the wellness in our life. And Unfortunately, when we get tired, we get flustered and we don't perform at our best. Our functions can decrease. The ability to do tasks uh, becomes harder and it takes longer to do. So getting that good sleep just restores our vitality. This week, we want to be covering off on all things to do with water. And if we get time, we might even start to touch on some things to do with getting good fresh air as well. But this week, we'll stick with water to start with. Again, you're listening to Apollo Bay Radio. You can tune in on 3APR.org. This is 87.6 FM. Well, how are you going, everyone? Hope you're having a good night. Um, so let's talk about the uh, first pillar of health, which we're talking about water tonight, aren't we, Brett? 
We yeah, are. which is part of the Six Doctors. Um, I've always been very fond of water, a bit of a mermaid myself, and hence why we live near the ocean, right girls? Yep. Uh, but I fell into a deep love and respect of water decades ago when reading about Dr. Masuro Emanoto, the Japanese scientist who revolutionised the idea that our thoughts and intentions impact the physical realm. He was one of the most important water researchers studying the uh, scientific evidence of how the molecular structure in water transforms when it is exposed to human words, thoughts, sound and intentions. A lot of his work you can find documented in that fantastic book called uh, The Hidden Messages in Water. You'll probably remember the experiment how water um, exposed to loving, benevolent and um, compassionate human intention results in aesthetically pleasing physical molecular formations in the water while the water that was exposed to fearful and discordant human intentions resulted in disconnected, disfigured and unpleasant uh, physical molecular formations. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the really interesting parts of that research because it was actually scientific research so it's been backed by various studies but it's about intention, it's not even about things that are being physically done to the water but it's just actually yeah. our intention around that. Yeah, and he achieved, uh, look, he achieved the evidence through the visibility through magnetic resonance analysis and um, high-speed photographs. So um, when you consider we're made up of about 80% water, yes. it becomes vital information to talk about. Yeah, so considering that we probably are 70 to 80% water and you talk about the intentions, our own intentions impacting the water that is outside of our body, how does that impact, inside our body how does that then impact the water, water that... It's actually inside of our body. Yeah, so if water holds memory, um, then we're, think about where your actual water does come from. So it's vital to know where it comes from and the quality of it. And of course, if we're made up of so much water, you only want the best transformative liquid in you, right? I reckon. Okay, so we'll give you a background to um, how we actually use water or how the body actually uses water. So I cannot stress the importance of drinking water enough. Um, our blood muscles, lungs, brain, you name it, they all contain water and water regulates our body temperature. It allows nutrients to travel to our organs and tissues. Uh, it protects our organs and joints. It even transports oxygen to our cells and removes waste. So you can see uh, vital um, methods that it actually has. Pretty much we can't live without water. Your body truly needs it to function properly. It's one of the simplest health habits you can follow to improve energy flush out your toxins, improve skin, aid digestion, promote weight loss, prevent headaches, and there's a plethora of reasons why. And also, it. like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the neural pathways and yeah. the electrical synapses, and water is actually vital for those synapses oh, to work well. Yeah. yeah. So, well, look, when people, clients, find it hard to increase their water intake, um, well, a lot of people find it hard to be compliant with the water. They find it boring, um, you know, tasteless. So um, we'll talk about ways we can actually increase it incrementally and slowly um, so they do become compliant. In the morning, ideally, it is suggested that you drink about 250, 500 mils of warm water at room temperature. Remember to have it at room temperature. You don't want it cold as that can shut down your digestion. Um, so first, upon rising, uh, Kick the healthy habit all day and flush overnight toxic products. Yeah, so is that more beneficial if it's even a, a little bit warmer? But also, I guess one of the things that you know I know we've been doing lately is adding some lemon juice to that too. So it, how much more beneficial is that? Fantastic. If you've got your own lemon tree, it's great. Uh, one of the things that you must remember about lemon is that um, you need to sip it through a straw if you're adding it to water as it does affect enamel. So just uh, sip it through a 
or lemon water through a straw not to affect your um, enamel on your tea. Now people do find it hard to drink water normally, um, like I said they do find it boring and um, they've been used to drinking soft drinks, sweet drinks and find it hard to transition. So Brett, how did you actually transition? You had a bit of a penchant for soft drink once upon a time before I met you. Yeah, that's probably a little bit. I probably had an addiction to, to Coke many, many years ago, so that's the drink, not the um, other stuff. Of all things, Coke. Yeah, of all things. And for those that know me, I've always been into my fitness, so it's probably um, one of those contra things that think we go, really, you drink that much stuff? But having said that, though, it's probably not that uncommon amongst a lot of people to drink soft drink, and in particular Coke or Pepsi. So it does seem to be one of the major, major flavour drinks out on the market. But look, I was having quite a lot of it to the point where I was probably cracking a can as I was hopping into bed to read a book of a night time. So it probably wasn't the best for my health and definitely hasn't been the best for my teeth in the long term. But one of the things that I started to do to transition was uh, moving away from soft drink, or particularly, the, I guess, the what you call the, the normal soft drink, then into mineral water. So the bubbles were still there because I think that's part of the drink that mm. we tend to like is, yeah, is, is getting those bubbles. Again, not ideal. So what about the um, flavour? But yeah, so but the the flavour was then the mineral water. So um, moving from there, then I went to you're getting a texture, the same texture. Yeah, as look, it was. Yeah, so I think that's probably the important part. So that texture has shifted. The sugar's probably a little bit lower as well, um, which is the important part because I think that's probably a big part of most flavoured drinks too. Is, is the sugar connection that goes with that, and even people who have coffees and teas, they tend to add. You know, multiple sugars into that as well. So, what did you do after that? Yeah, so from from there, you know, then get, sometimes I just use spring like spring water. So, um, the the bubbled spring water, if not flavored, but non-flavored, yeah. Um, and then also fruit juice, use fruit juice, and I know that's supposed to all sugar content, but then without the bubbles, um, and then gradually wean that down then to water with bits of fruit into it as well. Which allowed the so we let's clear for the audience. So we actually cut pieces of fruit like kiwi fruit or orange yeah. or, or raspberries, blueberries. Yeah, yep, and put that into the fruits. Oh, sorry, into the water. So it's still some flavour there, but now we're talking about no bubbles, and we're not talking about concentrated juice. Because um, I know as you do get fruit juice, it's high concentrate of sugar because the, obviously the sugar or the fruit has natural sugar in it, um, and then down to water. So that's great because even an extra glass or two a day does um, to progress your water intake will make a difference to the functioning of your body. Yeah, look, look, it does, and look, I can't say I'm perfect, so I still go off track every now and again. But you know, I don't, or very rarely, will have straight soft drink. It's it's mostly um, fruit juice if I'm I'm having a, a flavoured drink, and a lot, a lot of these days I'm also making my own kombucha these days, which probably isn't pure water either, which isn't you know the same as having straight water. Um, but ideally, we try to get that water into the body. Yeah, um, so when you become thirsty, you're already dehydrated. I just want to make um, sure that people know that. Um, many do mistake their thirst for hunger as well. So one way to tell if you have to increase your water intake, um, and some might think that it's, it's a gruesome thing, but look behind you in the toilet and look at the colour of your urine. It gives you significant clues to how your body is operating. Um, Unless you're consuming B vitamins, which tend to go yellow, your urine tends to go bright yellow, or beetroot, don't forget if you're taking, ingesting beetroot, that tends to make your urine red, um, then your urine should really be uh, very light or clear in colour. 
So if not, we suggest that you increase your intake of water. Another way to see if you're dehydrated is actually to do the pinch test on um, the back, on of, the your back of your hand. Yeah, I wish I could. Uh, it it yep. was a visual show, but it's not. So yeah, you, I think you probably just realised that people can't see you pinching <laughs> the back of your hand there as, <laughs> as, as you're doing it. Mostly. Yeah, and I think you brought up a really good point that most people probably don't quite make the connection with is when they're hungry. They're probably more thirsty than hungry and we tend to eat and then there has been this epidemic within western cultures australia you know, called the us the uk where people are now moving into obesity because we're eating so much when in actual fact it's probably a thirst issue or dehydration yes, issue definitely, yeah uh, look obviously intake changes with many factors too um, people differ and so does the water intake one of the important things to remember though um, if you have a kidney disease you've got to take care with water um, when kidneys can't excrete excess water, the sodium content of your blood is actually diluted and you get what we call hyponatremia. And this can be an issue with um, long endurance athletes, Brett, as, um, as you and your mates yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, a, I guess, a, a, an issue that I'd never even heard of until I entered the, the um, bizarre <laughs> world of doing ultra marathons. And it came up on the entry. Um, I know the race director for the Great Ocean Walk Ultra Marathon um, Andy Hewitt is very big on this and he takes great care to explain to people how this can happen. So what happens is as the body, um, and hopefully I get this right, this is very basic terms, um, as the body is you know, stretched beyond its normal limit, the kidneys will, um, the proteins will start to build up in the body and the, and the kidneys can't the process protein, those yeah. proteins. Mm. So um, what ends up happening is that the more fluid you take on, actually can't get processed out of the body. So a friend of ours that I know, he, I believe it's the Western States ultramarathon over in, the, you know, over in America. So it's a 100 mile race, 160 kilometers. Got to the end of the race and went to the medic tent and said, look, I'm not feeling mm. so good. They put him on a drip yeah. and he put on about 30 kilos in about an hour. So yeah. all the fluid just rushed into his body and his kidneys couldn't get out. And he spent, mm. I think it's about three weeks on dialysis. So his kidneys had literally shut down as a, as a result of that race. And you know, it's, all the muscles start to break down, yeah, the proteins come out and they just get stuck and the kidneys fail, essentially. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that's a, a case, a single case of obviously um, to be careful with water, but um, you, you need to take into consideration like height, weight, exercise, um, in the increased sweating periods, whether you live in a hot climate, a temperate climate, or even if you're breastfeeding, obviously, all requirements for uh, a lot more water. Um, however, the National Academies, this is interesting, even though um, we've heard all our life that you should at least have eight glasses of water, the National Academies of Science and um, Medical determined that uh, an adequate daily fluid intake is, I'm just having a look here, is 3.7 litres for men, which is, that's 15.5 cups, that's or 2.7 litres a day for women, which is 11.5 cups. Now, most people I know would not come close to that. Um, so these recommendations though, do cover fluids from water, other beverages and food. So about 20% of your daily fluid intake usually comes from food anyway, and the rest comes from drinks. And when I talk about it does come from food, we're talking about many fruits and vegetables such as watermelon, spinach are almost 100% water by weight. And you've got beverages such as milk, juice and herbal teas. They're also composed mainly of water. But water has always been best because it's calorie free it's yep. inexpensive and it's readily available. Well, it should be. Should be, especially in this country. <laughs> Sports drinks should only be used when you're exercising intensely for more than um, an hour, obviously, to replace the electrolytes. Yeah, so 
obviously, you know, being a, a runner, I've used different types of sports drinks. Um, I know I have trialed quite a few of the ones out there, and I got caught, and especially in the first couple of events that I did, because um, what I didn't realize is that sports drinks aren't necessarily healthy for you, because there's a lot of sugar in some of these drinks. And what I found was I was coming out of these events with really severe muscle, like stomach cramps. Um, and people go, oh, look, it's actually a sport drink. But um, it wasn't. So I've now transferred that into getting ones that are sugar-free. Um, but the only time I use them is actually when I'm doing events um, or training, doing long training for the event. So I don't go into an event without actually trialling a product first. Yeah, that's right. And um, any... Energy drinks can also be a problem. They contain large amounts of caffeine, other stimulants and additives and sugar in there. All right, uh, we'll go to a song break and uh, when we come back, we'll uh, continue about um, talking about pure water. Yeah, so um, making clean, pure water, your primary beverage is amongst the most positive changes you can make. So we talk about that 10% incremental change. So even a few glasses. Yeah, sometimes people do find it hard to make the big change. And I think it's one of those things, especially from a coaching point of view, like we quite often overestimate what we can do in a day but we underestimate what we can do in a year and sometimes when these changes you know we want to implement these changes we just go cold turkey and it, you know sort of goes good for a week and then we find it's just too hard we'll go out for dinner or we'll go out to a friend's place i'll offer us a soft drink we'll go yeah let's take one of those and then we just fall back into bad habits so sometimes the smaller changes over a period of time can be beneficial yeah all right um so let's talk about water quality now so no matter how clean our water appears to be compared to the third world countries most tap water is, is actually far from pure so it contains normally a vast array of disinfectants byproducts chemicals radiation heavy metals and even the um, pharmaceutical drugs such as birth control and hormone therapy uh, medications so uh what's that study there's a new study that came out in august of uh, 16 they indicated that some Australians could be getting a dangerous level of lead contamination from their brass taps. So if you've got brass taps at home, those old taps, I do recommend that you change them because they are filtered with lead. Um, research from Macquarie Uni detected copper and lead contaminants in domestic water samples across New South Wales and in some levels, they actually exceeded what's listed as acceptable. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, okay, because I know we were both listening to an interview actually just last weekend with a Dr Chatterjee from the UK and he said people who present to his, his medical clinic, his surgery, he said that he's diagnosing them. He said, but it's actually all the stuff that they've done 10 years prior and sometimes 20 years prior to that diagnosis that's actually led to that point in time. So he said, you know, for good health, we need to start looking now to prevent a disease that may occur in 10 to 20 years' time. Well, it's this constant exposure to it that, that becomes a problem to our body. Um, and we, then we talk about bottled water, that apart from the vast contamination that bottled water or, you know, the plastics have on our environment, bottled water is, is not much better. It's 25% of bottled water is really just tap water. Um, and you've got the Environmental Working Group found that the top 10 brands of bottled water contained 38 toxic pollutants. You've got pollutants in there such as um, arsenic, fertilisers, heavy metals, industrial solvents, and again, pharmaceutical drugs. So if you think this won't affect you, think again. In this study, the relationship of water to the risk of dying, Dr. Sawyer found that as the total of dissolved solids, which they call TDS, total dissolved solids, increases in a water supply, so does the number of chronic diseases in the population that uses that supply. Then we talk about fluoridation. Um, and the reason why most of um, health practitioners don't actually like it 
that we all we have an issue with it is it's a toxic chemical waste product called hydrofluorosilic acid, which is sodium fluoride, and it's classed as a class six poison. So it's not a fluoride found naturally in food. Um, all right, so how do we access the best water for you? So look, there's, I think there's... Let's go in order of preference. Yeah, look, there's multiple ways of doing it. So you, you want to start from the best to the, to the worst, or from the worst to the best? Let's go from the worst, so the best is always last. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I think there's some, some, there's multiple options, isn't there? And there's some really low cost no, options. Let's, let's go from the best. Okay. What's so, the best preference? So they say that deep spring water straight into a bottle, but we're not talking plastic bottle because we've, mm, just, we've just talked about how plastic bottles can be bad for us, right? So um, a nice glass, clean, clean glass bottle. Absolutely. So obviously plastic bottles not just puts plastic into the water that we drink, which then go into our body but also then creates an environmental issue as well. So if we can get glass bottles, that's even better. But also again, you know, make sure the spring water is tested to be clean because there's plenty of spring water or bore water which isn't particularly well or, or good for you to drink. Um, so it depends what minerals are actually in the bore or the spring. Yeah, the nutrients are minerals. Absolutely, the nutrients are actually in the water. And some people say, what do you mean nutrients in the water? So it's water's alive. So, um, well, they it, tend, it tends to be the best because it's got the most magnesium and calcium and yeah. things like that in there. Yeah. The so. You know, so we look at spring water. The next one would be fresh rainwater straight off your tank. Um, for those that can get tank water, that's great. But you've got to remember too that's probably important to filter that tank mm. water because there are still toxins Organic. that can get onto your roof. So especially if you live in a farming area where they you know do crop spraying. Um, if you live in the city, you can get pollutants from cars driving past and industry that's around. So it's important to still filter that that tank water. Um, and then I guess the next one would be tap water. Um, so, but the thing is that even if you have tap water, you know, put a filter on your tap. So, can I just? Uh, I think before then it might be purified water that has all the solids and impurities taken out. As prior yeah. to tap water, you're talking about now. In order of tank, tank water that's been filtered. No, just purified water. Okay. Yeah. So. So with your tap water, for example, there's, I guess there's different levels of that tap water. You can either go for a whole filter on the whole house system, which is actually that's what we've recently done on our, on our property. We've put a filter that covers all, of the, all the water that comes out of the house. Because when you're using tap water, it obviously has chlorine in it, and they put chlorine in, in um, the municipal town water supplies for cleansing and cleaning and make sure they don't have any bugs and germs and all sort of stuff. It's, it's basically yeah. disinfectant for the water. But when you bathe in that chlorine, it might only be a low level, but it's a constant exposure mm. to that. So even when you're showering or bathing in it, um, it's not necessarily the best thing for your skin. So it'd be like you know, bathing in a swimming pool um, on a regular basis. So if you can get a whole of house filter, fantastic. If you can't go that far, you know, look for a filter that just goes to your kitchen tap. So that way when you wash your vegetables, you know, you're getting clean water, you're not getting um, pollutant water onto your food that you're about to mm -hmm. then eat yeah. or put into your saucepans to boil your water. Um, if you can't go to that level, you know, just get a, a water jug. So you can buy jugs, they're probably about $30, they put a filter in it and it takes out a lot of all the chemicals and, and heavy minerals out of that water. Um, and then probably tap water. So you know, Australia does have some pretty good clean tap water. Um, if, if, that's the, if that's the level that you need to go to, if you can't filter it first, um, and then we're probably going then to bottled water. So I know when I, when I travel a lot, I don't tend to like using some of the, the town water because each town has a different style of water. 
and it can actually upset the stomach a little bit. So I'll tend to then go to a bottled water. And so that's probably the level of try to avoid the bottled water if possible. Yeah, look, I can't even recommend bottled water, um, particularly if it's been in the sun, it's breaking down those plastics. Many of the drinking bottles contain BPAs or bisphenol A, as we call them, which have been linked to mimic estrogen and interfere with hormone levels, which is very important. I see a lot of women in my clinic. Um, and it can increase the risk of breast, prostate and ovarian cancers as well, or it, it does muck around with fertility as well. So besides purification, I also believe it's critical to drink um, what we call living water, which is a type found in your cells. So a lot of purification systems can deaden the water, as we call it. But um, I, I talk about living water, which is a type that is found in your cells. Now, this water has healing properties and is naturally created in a variety of ways. Um, let's look at some of the ways that we can create this uh, living water. So water from a deep spring is an excellent source of structured, what I call structured water. Um, you can also promote structured water through vortexing. There's different appliances and gadgets that have been made these days that vortex your water. Sacred geometry is fantastic at um, initiating great uh, structure in the water, too, as is um, also running the water through precious stones such as crystals. So drinking or, or leaving a, a cup um, out there and actually inserting or immersing certain crystals in them as well. And I think that came back to that study that you're talking about with the Japanese doctor earlier. Um, with you know the blessings of the water and the sacred geometry and his studies actually proved the benefits of that. Yeah, with the proven research of Dr. Masuro, um, the water has consciousness that he's actually proven that. And so I would even consider blessing the water with intention before you actually drink it. Yeah, it's interesting because I think, you know, we talk about filtering water and one of the best water filtration systems is a reverse osmosis system. Yet it actually kills pretty much everything in the water. So the water literally becomes dead. So if you're to leave it overnight, it, be, it becomes stale. So it's probably not the best if you're looking for vitality. And so just before the break, we were talking about all things about good water. And now we want to go into things about air, how to get good air and good breath going. Yeah, I just like acknowledging our musicians. Um, so we try to match our music, as you know, to the topic that we talk about. We had uh, Dolphins and Whales by Alan Williams, and we had Breathless by The Cause. So now we'll talk about air. So I always uh, try to encourage patients to go outside and uh, wander as close to nature as they, as they can and as often as they can because breathing fresh quality air optimises health. So you've, we've got many scientific studies that are demonstrating the mechanisms behind the healing effects um, of simply being in the wild or the natural areas. You've probably heard by now about the term uh, forest bathing. A nature therapy made popular recently by the Japanese. They believe spending one or two hours in a forest is enough to optimise your health. In regards to air, this nature therapy is about the trees that emit um, an oil called phononosodes that help our immune systems by stimulating the NK or TH helper cells that um, our immune systems have. It also lowers heart and blood pressure, reduces stress hormones while increasing energy. It makes you feel alive. Everyone knows being in a forest makes you feel alive. Connects you to the source of life and allows you to breathe deeper. Yeah, I know that. Um on our honeymoon, actually, we did the overland track, so it's a great, great place to do your honeymoon, by the way. You just go for a, an eight-day bushwalk. But it's interesting that we packed all this food with us because we thought, okay, well, we're going to be out in the track all this time. We're going to be exercising. We're going to be super hungry. But the actual fact, we didn't really get that hungry, and we, we actually brought back, like, half of our food. And I should put that down to the fact that we were in this forest and we're getting a lot of vitality from these massive old-growth trees mm. and forests that were around us. 
Yeah, well, um, always go outside and, and connect your trees. So when people haven't got access to nature, sorry about that, wake up. Um, when, when people haven't got access to, you know, like a forest, like we do in Apollo Bay, we've got magnificent forest here. I always uh, encourage them to go outside, connect to a tree, sit under a tree, or just bring the plants inside to you. Bring them inside to the house so you can actually breathe better and get fresher air as well. Yeah, that's, so that's one thing that I really enjoy about um, home you know I, I do do a commute in, into work and when I come home and I hop out of the car to open the gate we do have a eucalyptus forest right on our on our fence line and I know that I'm home when I open, hop out of the car and I just smell this beautiful eucalyptus smell through the air and it's just fresh there's no pollutants We've got the ocean right beside us and it's just a great feeling I feel alive again Look, um, when people come to see me, I notice that many people don't even breathe to their half of their potential. So what I mean by that, um, I normally look at their stomachs and see if it swells to the size of a balloon, and it never does. It's, it's always at half of their potential. Um, along with the air that we breathe indoors, in the last 50 years, is not as fresh as our bodies actually require. So we've become accustomed to being indoors more often too. I see a lot of children um, spending a lot more time inside, and this comes with a host of issues from exposure to indoor dust, fumes from carpet, we've got paints, um, uh, floorboards, air freshness, pesticides, artificial fragrances, gas fumes, cleaning, uh, chemical smells, we've got wood combustion, fireplaces and stoves. And um, our places are a lot more unvented um, than they were previously. Uh, I think we'll talk more about that when we talk about building biology because we've got um, a topic, haven't we? We've got to yeah, talk actually, about that topic. How we optimise very, your health through very fortunate you've got a good friend who specialises in building biology and that type of in that that I guess that that space. So we're going to be very fortunate to um, try and bring her along onto the show. So look, what are some simple steps that you can take to get better air quality into lives um, of our audience, Brett? A healthy home does smell like um, fresh air, so. We need to promote passive ventilation. Our modern houses are not, like I mentioned, not as ventilated as they used to be. So it's best to open the doors and windows as often as you can, particularly if you use gas appliances and wood heaters. Um, ensure that you have the exhaust fan on when you cook with gas. Yep, that can be a big um, one. Also, make sure that your gas stove is working correctly. Make sure that it's not uh, orange or yellow. It's yep. got to be a blue flame. And your gas heaters as mm. well. It's a very big one to get yeah, checked out. There's actually been instances of um, deaths uh, especially in Melbourne over the last few years of people who haven't had their gas heating systems checked out and, and people have actually died from carbon dioxide poisoning or monoxide Yeah, and talking about carbon monoxide, if your um, house is attached to the garage, don't idle the car in the garage, wait till it's actually outside. Um, and we've got wood heaters too that, um, so if you do have a wood heater like a lot of people actually do here, burn only well-dried seasoned wood and ensure the flue is open and kept clear of obstruction. So a licensed plumber or gas fitter should be able to install, service and maintain a gas appliances or uh, a wood heater on a yearly basis. Um, reduce the number of chemicals too to clean your home. We've got um, some great microfibers, microfiber um, like Enyo at the moment. So all you have to do is use actually water and Enyo. Um, a lot of those air freshers that are on the market now are quite toxic as well. They've got quite a few chemicals in them. and. And so if you, your windows and your doors are closed, they become quite toxic to your lungs. So avoid the air fresheners, pesticides, artificial fragrances, as many are lung irritants and may yeah. also contain what I um, am not crazy about, the hormone disrupting chemicals that I constantly talk about. 
Yeah, there are but, other options, mm-hmm. aren't there? So when we talk about air freshness, there's a lot of people, I think, especially in winter, like we talk about Apollo Bay and, and the surrounding areas, mm. you know, it's actually quite important to have your house as airtight as possible to keep the cold air out and the warm wear in because the drafts will actually suck a lot of that heat out, so your heating bill, you know, skyrockets. So when possible, open it up, get, let the fresh air come in, because there are days when you can, well, can do that. Well, you've got gorgeous days and the sun's shining, it's Absolutely. a bit warmer. Absolutely, got the sun shining. Open. But also, when you start talking about air freshness, there's, there's different options. So you can use pure essential oils. Which are aromatherapy. Yeah, aromatherapy, yeah, absolutely. So they are available and they're non-toxic. You can bring garden flowers in instead, um, or even look. I'm I'm a big believer of this. Bring indoor plants into your house or workplace to absorb the monoxides and replenish the oxygen. There's some fantastic um, plants that you can bring yep. in. There's, there's ten or twelve that I can actually think of that that love the indoor areas and are fantastic in uh, replenishing oxygen in the house. And that's their job, is to you know turn that carbon monoxide or carbon dioxide into fresh air and fresh oxygen for us. Um, now, let's talk about the power of breath too. So air is so important to health. Um, one of the things that uh, we'd like to talk about is, uh, is something or a method that's used for thousands of years by Indian yogis, which is called pranayama. It's a practice of ultimate simplicity. Yes, it has fantastic benefits, profound benefits. And it actually, it's amazing. It only requires a few minutes a day to make a difference to your breath and um, the air that you actually ingest. Only a few minutes a day. A tool that really progresses your health. It does. So it's actually alternate nostril breathing. And it helps to calm an agitated mind, smooth ruffled emotions, um, it clarifies your thinking, improves your sleep and supports the nervous system. It actually opens up your breathing patterns, your lungs, and can go a long way in improving the quality and vitality of your life. Now, yogis believe that many diseases are linked to a dysfunctional breathing pattern um, or a a breathing pattern of the nose and its olfactory systems intimately linked when the brain and the nervous system. The great thing about pranayama is it synchronizes both hemispheres of the brain. Yeah, and uh, oxygen is what transports the blood throughout the body. So we, we need that oxygen to transfer all the nutrients across the cells. Um, I know in martial arts, it's one of the things that we need to get people to do is learn how to breathe properly. Because, um, you know, we got did a first aid course just a couple of weeks ago and they asked the question, like, how many breaths should you be looking for? And most people said oh, about 15 a minute. And they're going, holy joy, mm. you know, just about hyperventilating at that space. Mm. Because, you know, in martial arts, I'm teaching my students to go maybe four to six. Six would be yeah. pretty quick breathing. But you know, ideally four four breaths a minute. So when I'm talking about breath, I'm talking about in and holding it and then out again. So we, some people call that box breathing. And the other people call. But you also want to get it out of your chest and in, into your stomach. You get that real belly breathing going because it get the carbon just, monoxide out. Yeah, it just gets the breath out, gets the fresh air in, allows the oxygen to go through, and the vitality comes back into the, the body. The real source of life, isn't it? Breathing. It is, and um, it's simple, and it's free to do. Yeah. So look, Pranayama merges the creative um, and feeling side with the thinking and an analytical side. That's what I love about it. So it actually unites the two sides um, together, which leads to increased lucidity. Nostril breathing reduces stress. Um, it triggers the parasympathetic nervous system, which calms the emotional upheavals that people go through. Fantastic. It quietens the overactive mind while supplying rich supply of oxygen to both hemispheres of the brain. So it's a fantastic tool. What else could you... Um, use for, for a few minutes and making you feel fantastic. Um, it, it's really an invaluable technique that I actually teach uh, clients. I really think we can't afford not to practice it actually. Will we, will we go through it? Yeah, look, I think it becomes more important too in this day and age and probably not so much down in a town like Apollo Bay where a lot of us um, 
are living here because we enjoy the outdoor lifestyle. We love being at the beach. We love getting the fresh air off the ocean. Um, and a lot of our you know, activities focus around outdoor sport. Um, but in a, in a city, yeah, like in the city though, most people go from their centrally heated house or centrally air-conditioned house. They hop into their air-conditioned car inside their garage. So they're not even hopping out of their garage to open the door because you know, they have an automatic controller on their door and they you know, drive into the city or they might drive to the train station where they hop onto an air-conditioned train and then they go into their air-conditioned office in, in the city as well. So, yeah. you know, like when I was a kid, you know, our air-conditioned car was, you know, 60 miles an hour with the four windows down. So um, <laughs> this day and age, that people don't even get fresh air. And if you see someone driving with their window, then you think, gee, what's going on there? But, you know, just allowing that fresh air to come into the car while you're driving along can actually make a difference. But most people are so desensitized to the natural environment that they see that as like an insult to their senses. So being able to breathe properly and deeply becomes really important. Yeah, connecting to that source as well is very important. Um, all right, let's go through the Prayanama practice. Um, let's see if we can do this without the visuals. But um, if you are pregnant or have high blood pressure, please do not pause um, your breath at all, okay? So uh, let's begin. So begin by closing off the top right nostril at the bone with your thumb. So close off the top right nostril at the bone with your thumb. So I want you to slowly inhale through the left nostril and pausing briefly. Remember if you're pregnant or you've got high blood pressure, don't pause. And uh, if you're driving a car, may not be the best thing to do right now. I hope you're stopping <laughs> while you're listening to this. So um, next, close the top of the left nostril. Go back, we alternate, so we close the top of the left nostril with the right finger at the bone. Close the top of the left nostril with the right finger at the bone. So we release the thumb off the right nostril and then we pause again. Once again, close the right nostril with your thumb. We're alternating again and breathe out through the left nostril. Now this is a basic cycle. Um, so if you're new to this, um, you should include two to three cycles daily and just slowly increase it. All right, well, I hope you've learned a lot tonight. That's our show for tonight. We want to thank you all for listening. Hope you've gained some valuable tips on, uh, on water and air, two of the pillars of uh, great doctors, of the six great doctors and how to optimise your health with these simple techniques added to your day. Yeah, so when you combine that with last week's, uh, last week we talked about sleep. Uh, look, we put sleep first because it's probably one of the first things that you want to do is get your vitality back. And you know, when you get your vitality back, you feel more confident, you feel more capable of doing things and our general mood enhances. So it gives us the opportunity then to tackle on the next challenge in our, in our health uh, revitalisation program. Um, and so then we can head into making sure that we get some fresh water. And there's some simple steps that we looked at earlier about water. Um, you, know, you can filter your water, get rainwater, again, as filtered as possible. So just try and get the water as clean as you can, but also then getting the right amount of water. Now, I know some people are saying, hey, look, you know, I have you know, plenty of coffees through the day and that's got water in it, but hey, it's not the same as just getting straight, clean water. And then getting our breathing right. So learning how to breathe again. I know some people think that because they're upright and they're walking, Therefore, they, they can breathe well, but quite often we have shallow breaths and breathing quite quickly, um, which you know increases our heart rate um, and puts a lot of pressure around the body. So, 
nice deep breaths uh, and, and getting the, the flow and revitalization coming back into the body. Well, there we go. We've wrapped up another podcast. Thank you for staying with us. And for if you're a new person coming in to listen to a new listener, thank you for joining us here at the Leadership Sensei Radio. If you're a repeat listener, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for joining us again. And I hope you got great value once again from it. And also, let's say again, thank you to my listeners all around the world. You make a big difference. It makes it really meaningful for me to know that there are actually people tuning in and listening. If I can ask you to please subscribe on whatever platform that might be, whether it be iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, whatever platform that you're listening to this on. If you haven't joined me or joined our community at on Facebook, please also do that. You can find me at the Leadership Sensei on Facebook. Most days I do have a short video going up and I do put other content up there at various times as well. So thank you again. Have a great week. I'll see you next time.